Welcome to Account Trends, everybody. I'm Jason Stein with Intuit Accountants. My co-host, David Bergstein, and I are excited to be with you every couple of weeks to share the latest news, interesting perspectives, and hottest trends in the tax and accounting world. We'll have special guests on the show to help break these trends down and give you food for thought as you find new ways to deliver for your clients. But most importantly, we plan on having some fun while doing it. Welcome. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to Count Trends. Your host here, Jason Stein, with my partner in crime, Dave Bergstein. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great. I hear you now move far away from me to the opposite end of the earth. I got as far away from you as I could, my friend. I, I just couldn't stand it any longer. It was already bad enough that we were too close with Dallas and Florida, so I carried my family up to Washington State. Well, uh, I'm sure they're good to have you, but I'll turn it back to you and let's get started. <laughs> and you know I love you, man. We got a we got another great guest today, Jin Chang. Jin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me and Field Guide. Yeah. Yes, thank you for being here. So yeah, Jin, you're with Field Guide. Tell us about yourself and what is Field Guide. I, I so our audience knows who we're talking. Yeah, I would to. love to share uh, more about Field Guide and myself. Um, but really quickly, uh, as my as an intro of myself, uh, I am a former practitioner turned tech entrepreneur. I'm super passionate about helping practitioners provide modern trust services. Uh, we can go into what we consider as trust services later. Uh, but when I was an auditor at EY, I really felt like I was spending way too much time performing manual tasks uh, that software could frankly do better and faster. So I saw the potential of modern software to transform what we do. Uh, but I did leave feeling a little burnt out um, and sought to pivot my career actually away from the profession uh, as I pursued my MBA too. Um, but after building machine learning for lawyers uh, at our previous startup, my co-founder and I sought to tackle a market that we both knew well. Uh, initially, it was in cybersecurity audits. Um, and by representing both practitioner and client sides, uh, we felt that we knew uh, these audits uh, like SOC 2, ISO 27001, and so on from every angle. Uh, and what we also knew is that uh, for practically everyone involved in these processes, uh, it's a very painful process. Um, so uh, we kind of set out to solve this problem that we both shared, uh, saw immediate appetite from CPA firms, uh, many including the top you know, 10 to 100. Uh, and though SOC 2 is where we started, uh, we now see thousands of projects across dozens of risk frameworks uh, being performed on our platform. Um, so again, we are wor already working with many CPA firms, uh, including dozens of the top 100, uh, as well as specially specialized boutiques. Uh, and you know, in founding Field Guide, very much solving a problem that uh, is very personal to me too. Let me let me jump in here because I'm a, I'm a common sense kind of guy. Uh, what you're really doing is changing the way an audit is done, right? You're automating the workflow and digitizing the whole platform and performing an audit to really speed up the time the way an audit's done? That's right. That's right. And I mean, you definitely encapsulated uh, our value prop uh, in a very succinct way. Uh, we like to call ourselves an automation and collaboration platform uh, for obviously audit and advisory firms. Uh, and like you said, we digitize the end-to-end -end engagement lifecycle on one platform. Uh, I think this space uh, for decades has had 
uh, many point solutions that are frankly disparate and don't speak to each other. Uh, on Field Guide, we have the entire engagement lifecycle on one platform. So there's unique and nuanced uh, automations that are only available by having an end to end workflow on one platform. Um, and like you kind of pointed out, we are flexibly built for all audit and advisory projects. Uh, I did uh, practice a number of different service lines at EY, um, but we do specialize in helping CPA firms uh, provide risk and compliance frameworks and services such as SOC 1 and 2, HIPAA, High Trust, ISO, and dozens more. Um, so yeah, we're really trying to bring, you know, better than big four technology to the masses, uh, to the rest of the market uh, by combining kind of this big four practitioner experience, uh, as well as that Silicon Valley technology experience. Uh, we think we bring a pretty unique perspective and approach to this market. It really, and, Jen, I got, I got to tell you, though, sorry, David, I find it hard to believe that you got burnt out by our profession. That nobody <laughs> tells us that. <laughs> yeah. And so what I loved about, about about what you were saying was, I mean, God, that's the problem we're solving, right? And what you did was you became inspired, uh, sort of despite the burnout, or maybe even sort of because of the burnout, right? That's right. And said, well, there's got to be a better way. We're doing so much manual work. And that, I mean, that is exactly what Intuit's after, too. So we're really well aligned there. That's and right. then also, now, you've been kind of paving the way around uh, this concept of risk advisory as an advisory service, yes? That's right. And, and so I want to hear more about that because I don't think we talk about, we talk about advisory services as this generic umbrella term all the time. And sometimes David, will, David and I will get into specifics around like branches of that, like tax advisory. And I think risk advisory is absolutely a part of that story. So tell us more about like what, how you're educating people in this regard. Yeah, we are uh, actually in you know many conversations with, uh, you know, we've literally spoken to hundreds of CPA firms and practitioners at this point, uh, also in conversations with the AICPA uh, and other standard setting bodies in this you know, audit and advisory profession uh, at large. Um, and what we're learning is that the firms that are really investing in risk advisory services, some folks call them risk audit and advisory. Uh, really, I think this category of risk and compliance services is kind of coming to its own, uh, kind of following the footsteps of uh, client advisory services too. Uh, what we believe is that uh, advisory services is a very broad definition of services, uh, like you pointed out, and there are many subsets, uh, you know, sub-service lines that uh, many of the top CPA firms are starting to invest in. Um, what we are trying to push uh, this brand as is risk advisory services uh, or RAS, uh, similar to CAS. Um, and these include audit and advisory services across some of the hottest areas in the profession like cybersecurity, privacy, and ESG, um, but also include other more traditional risk areas like financial, operational, and so many more. So the way we kind of view you know, trust services or trust and transparency for the modern business is they care about uh, many risk areas across cyber privacy and increasingly ESG. Uh, and we are enabling uh, the practitioners who provide these services, the trust between these stakeholders and businesses. Let me, let me jump in there with a question. So what you're really saying is if anyone's about to do an audit of any type, whether it be cybersecurity, et cetera, your tool that FieldGuide provides 
minimizes or mitigates the risk by uncovering what needs to be uncovered right up front? We are basically helping solve the same capacity problem that the entire industry has. So we talk about this, you know, everyone in the industry is talking about the growing talent shortage, right? Uh, The entire market for CPA practitioners is experiencing this. But what we are seeing is in specifically around risk and compliance services, so SOC 2, SOC 1, and increasingly other categories of risk, uh, we are seeing an even bigger talent shortage. So you know, many firms consider this you know, group of services as like specialized services. So theoretically, a little bit more difficult to hire the specialists to do this work. But uh, when you look at the worldwide shift with the onset of the pandemic, we saw the entire world go digital. So all of a sudden, every business in the world has more cybersecurity and privacy risk. And those businesses are asking CPA firms for more of this work. So overnight in risk and compliance, we saw a 10x increase in demand, um, the same talent shortage that is actually even more difficult to hire for. And Fuel Guide, you know, our purpose as a company is to really fill that gap between the demand and the supply of practitioners out there. So are yep. you re- you're really creating, I think you use the term, trust practitioner. Uh, what's what's that concept? How, do, how does that work? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, Jason earlier was talking about or joking about how, you know, I may be the only one who got burnt out by the profession. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what I have recently discovered is there are more folks that uh, felt burnt out. Uh, and many of my friends are still in the profession, too. Um, of course, uh, on the client side, from the client's perspective too, uh, clients don't always get excited about welcoming the auditors to their offices, right? The auditors inherently are there to kind of you know, check what they're doing, right? And validate what they're doing. Um, so we think you know, this entire market is you know, grappling with this declining talent pool. Uh, meanwhile, there's this rapidly increasing demand for services. And frankly, Demand for services across every type of service is growing, uh, and we are helping to meet this demand with modern technology. Um, but we also think that auditors, as a profession, are overdue for a rebrand. Um, frankly, to be a cool profession, uh, because again, when I was an auditor, I felt that my clients didn't really welcome uh, me and the team. Um, so we're suggesting that we call these folks trust practitioners, which is not only the better sounding brand, but it is uh, it is also the better representation of what these modern clients seek in these auditors and consultants. Right? These are the services that enable organizations to demonstrate trust with stakeholders and across many trust categories. Yeah, I, I'm. It's blatantly obvious based on what I know to be true and having all the other guests on the show and having the conversations that we had and then hearing what you're talking about, this this part of the industry is is definitely ripe for innovation and you're you're out there doing it. And I, I love your call out too. Like let's let's just call the elephant in the room, right? I think it was Jody Grunden who we had on uh early way early in our uh uh series, David, where he would talk about the auditors as the suits. Oh, who has to deal with the suits? And it's you're exactly right. Like, and who wants to be that person, right? I mean, unless you got a power trip going on, which you know, that's fine, I guess, but <laughs> put it to use. <laughs> he must have been doing something, something right, because the suits ended up merging him in for the client advisory services. Oh, really? <laughs> but, but, but I guess, Jen, you're, you're doing the same thing. I guess uh, 
if we look at your last round of funding, I think some uh, like the AICPA was involved in uh, some of that funding also. So they must see uh, the handwriting on a wall where these tools go. Is that was that a correct statement? Uh, correct. Um, but I will say um, uh, the AICPA is pretty. Um, you know, uh, they want us to also clarify that it's, that it's actually CPA.com uh, right. that has invested in us. Right. Uh, right. But of course, you know, we are in deep conversations with the AICPA around kind of the future of risk and compliance services. The fact is like we are already seeing um, globally uh, more and more standards as companies need to comply with, uh, you know, various different compliance standards, depending on the sectors they service, the geo the geos they service, the industries they're in. Um, and yeah, we, what we are seeing is um, you know, we are kind of at the forefront of the RAS movement. And of course, you know, our Silicon Valley uh, investors, you know, some of the top venture funds in Silicon Valley are seeing like this massive wave of cybersecurity, privacy, and ESG risk needs. And uh, what, uh, what they are seeing, uh, as well as the AICPA, is that these trust practitioners are... Uh, severely underserved by modern technology, uh, or I should say, legacy technology, uh, mm-hmm. and in and uh, in very urgent need of modern technology that really brings the entire project lifecycle onto one platform. Uh, and there are many, you know, far-reaching ramifications of this too. Because uh, when you think about it, like the best talent in the world, they shared my sentiment too. They don't want to be doing manual work that, frankly sometimes makes you question like why did i get this four year college degree mm-hmm. right like software does this much faster much better um and with 100% accuracy why don't we uh, automate the manual elements of the job and really focus uh, focus these trust practitioners efforts on more higher level advisory work so that the clients end up appreciating the practitioners more too and again right. make making these folks uh, this profession, a cooler profession for young talent entering the profession too. Well, and it is a cooler profession. I, I it's unfortunate that that the, our our legacy of this profession that's that's living on right now is. And I was literally just saying this earlier on another call. It's the guy in a green visor behind a desk with his calculator, and you pull and you know, and it <laughs> rings the the tape. Uh, that's just not us anymore. It hasn't been for quite some time. But we haven't been able to break through the the glass ceiling on that as as well as I think you know we have the opportunity to do right now with every part of this profession being ripe for innovation, accelerated by the pandemic, as you know we've talked a lot about. That's right. Um, so I want to learn more about like, okay, what what goes into this this risk an audit advisory service and why should firms care about it? Yeah. So um, an audit is at the end of the day, uh, conceptually still an audit. So uh, whether it is a financial audit um, of normal or traditional financial statements, or it is a risk audit, basically what auditors are doing is they're providing assurance around what a company is representing. Right. So in the context of risk and compliance projects, uh, they're typically talking about, uh, or they're typically these uh, practitioners are typically helping uh, end organizations demonstrate uh, their risk management practices, uh, their transparency across things that matter. Uh, you know what we are starting to see is um, you know, large companies like Microsoft having their own compliance frameworks because they want to mitigate 
risk in their supply chain. So if you're trying to sell software or anything to Microsoft, you need to comply with Microsoft's proprietary compliance framework. Similarly, um, what we are seeing is other large companies that like to market or demonstrate their brand uh, in different values. So for example, uh, Shiseido, which is one of the largest uh, cosmetics company globally, um, they uh, are mandating that their supply chain uh, demonstrate compliance across sustainability uh, standards as well. So we are already seeing in this profession, of course, this big push into ESG reporting and uh, and transparency, but we're seeing some supply chain pressure too. So as these large companies manage risk or want to market things uh, as their brand, uh, they are managing their supply chain with a bit, uh, frankly, tighter reins. Uh, so this concept of like third-party risk management generally is just blowing up and more and more companies are asking CPA firms to help. And what we're also seeing is CPA firms for, uh, in a traditional sense are not able to service the demand in this market. So we're also seeing uh, this big uh, boom boom of specialty advisory or specialty boutique firms that are you know, 20, 30% shops uh, performing hundreds of these projects on an annual basis. So, you know, some of these specialty cybersecurity boutiques can go toe to toe with some of the top 10, top 20 CPA firms practices too. That's impressive. It's very impressive. I, I love how this, you know, you don't typically think of, you know, risk and, and audit as a, a, as paired with technology, but there's, there's very much uh, a close tie here. And you've kind of hinted at it a couple of times with, how the, you know, like even just accounting firms, I'm hearing more and more, you know, they were they were doing it before the pandemic, but but a lot more are doing tech stack consulting now too. That's right. And, and that's a result of the increase in demand. And with, with that comes security, risk, and then of course, audit's just kind of always there as a, you know, an undercurrent to, to our profession. But of course. to make it, to, to you know, it's been always this, scare conversation of like, oh, you haven't done this. And this is, these are the things that can happen to you if you don't do these things. And I think people get it now, right? They're, they're like, okay, yeah, we need to protect, but we need to make sure we don't end up in a nasty situation. And so That's technology right. playing a role and in, in helping to innovate and make that easier for people. And then this advisory service model to help clients be better at it too, just all fits nicely together. That's right. That's right. And I mean, the simple way to think about it is, you know, there's this big, enormous uh, increase in demand for these risk services. Frankly, just business risk at large is increasing, right? And the cost or the price of risk is enormous. It's often hard to even quantify, right? So it just makes sense that companies are seeking more and more of these, uh, you know, cyber framework-based engagements or projects um, like SOC 2 uh, as a way to kind of uh, demonstrate their diligence when it comes to cybersecurity risk or risk generally, um, but also to put into pra practice some great risk management techniques and controls. Right. So all in all, you know, this is creating a safer, more secure environment for businesses to do business with each other. Mm -hmm. You know, in in this worldwide economy, uh, accountants, auditors have a big role to play with capital markets. And the way people are looking at capital markets now, they're looking for an auditor's report that says there's very little risk in investing in this company. 
because the company has been audited and the assurance is there that they got principles and practices in place so that if you're an investor, you know, you're basing it on the auditor's report in a lot of cases. Right, right. And, and you know, in the context of financial statement audits, you know, that's, you know, uh, controls and risk management around the financial reporting process. Uh, of course, increasingly, we're seeing cybersecurity. We see the SEC ruling around how public companies need to report around ESG in the coming years. We're even seeing, uh, you know, again, you know, on the on the topic of a supply chain too, like you were seeing the Department of Defense, the DOD, also starting to mandate their own cybersecurity framework based on the NIST family of frameworks called CMMC. So that wave is going to hit uh, about 300,000 contractor firms in the supply chain of the DOD in the next uh, two or three years. Right? So we're seeing all these movements across standard setting bodies, across sectors and geos, uh, providing or uh, pushing these frameworks to manage risk so that businesses and people uh, can you know, rely on the information that they see. I think that's pretty pretty cool, Jay. So a little different than the conversations we've been having in the past, because this is like a niche type thing, and it's really a, the future is growing. So it's companies yeah. like Field Guide uh, that are making a name for what's going on in the in the, in the profession. Yeah, and, and and so Jen, you know, for our listeners, if 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 they're not doing this kind of stuff today, you know, what advice would you give them uh, if they if they would you know they're hearing this and saying, you know, that, that actually does pair. I do tech stack advisory. I do cast, I do tax advisory. You know, this makes sense to fit into my portfolio of services. What would you mm-hmm. tell them if they wanted to, to start thinking about adding this kind of a service? Uh, well, we do um, always like to say that this is primarily still a people driven business, right? So uh, it always does start with finding the right people for the team. And technology is simply an enabler of that service line. So Mm -hmm. what we typically see as kind of a success formula or playbook is a smaller firm or a bid market firm uh, hiring one of the fast rising stars uh, out of a larger firm. Because a larger firm will typically have, at least directionally, uh, a bigger investment in the risk and compliance service area. And what we're seeing is, you know, let's say a Rank 200 CPA firm wanting to dive into this capability because they see, uh, we like to say the risk and compliance market, the RAS market is like the new gold rush for the profession. Mm. So, you know, a rank 200 firm might want to dive in. Um, of course, primarily a people business at the end of the day, you need the expertise, you need the experience and the credentials. So they're going to hire someone out of a large firm. Uh, and you know, typically that person is going to be a practice leader. Uh, perhaps one of the youngest practice leaders at that respective firm. Uh, and they will have a budget that includes both headcount and technology as part of the mix, as part of the resourcing mix. Of course, we are seeing uh, dozens of top firms on our platform at Field Guide. Uh, typically, they're starting off you know, uh, with a smaller book of business for some of these uh, you know, new entrant firms. And we are able to kind of enable their success uh, from the ground floor. Of course, we are also working with very large firms in the top you know, 10 to 20, uh, as well as some boutiques that are churning out hundreds of SOC 2 reports every year. Uh, and we are not only helping them uh, do that more efficiently, but we're also helping to boost the quality of their work because we are automating the parts that humans are uh, simply not that great doing. 
And I mean, and uh, you, I was thinking about your your accuracy claim. I'd be careful with that hundred percent accuracy claim because because uh, <laughs> I, I, I tell people all the time, you know, don't expect technology to be perfect. But you you've said it well that it's an enabler. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're still at the end of the day a people business. Technology enables you to do things. And the other thing that I, I think that people miss when it comes to technology is they they you know, they're stuck in these legacy technologies, they adopt new technology and then try to force the legacy processes surrounding that technology with the new technology. And, you know, they're left frustrated because you've got to let the technology also help you innovate the, the, the process as a whole. That's a very astute observation and one that we really align with a lot because we think this market overall has seen or heard decades of this narrative, AI is going to take over your job, right? But the problem is, you know, many of these AI concepts, so, you know, very noble and visionary are way too early. Um, And in many cases, uh, CPA firms are kind of exploring these solutions, but realizing like, you know, these are solutions that are so far away, so far removed from how we do things today. So what our platform is really great at is, um, Practitioners, when they see our platform, it feels like a very familiar workflow for them, but it simply automates the parts that no one wanted to do anyway. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of our first step into this foray of you know, workflow automation into the space. But what we also know is you know, there is a future where AI is very practical. Right? And we, you know, as you'll notice, our company, we don't like to advertise ourselves as an AI company. Right. We, we advertise or market ourselves as a company that enables or builds software for the people who provide trust. And what right. that encompasses, you know, AI is just a small component of that. Frankly, right. we think the best AI applications of the, in the world, uh, and we see this in many uh, verticals and sectors, um, are the solutions that people don't really know are AI. Right. So you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you, you know, when you're writing an email in Gmail, uh, it kind of pre-fills what you're going to say or what you're likely to say. You know, for the average person in the world, they don't know that that's AI, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it's helping add that incremental value throughout the workflow or project lifecycle in our context. And you know, as a whole, creates enormous efficiencies. Basically, you know, if we are reducing the number of hours that go into the uh, any given project, we are helping... Uh, to solve this industry-wide talent shortage uh, with enabling technology, but with people as kind of uh, the forefront or uh, you know, the main value drivers of this of this business. Absolutely brilliant. I agree with both of you, both of you on this particular point. Was I see the auditor's role reversed instead of them doing all those mundane tasks they did in the past. All the mundane tasks are automated, and now they're using their professional judgment with the final product to make the right decisions. Judgment is what they're going to use, and that's not going to go away probably for another 10 years. <laughs> or yeah. if ever. I mean, there's right. always going to be the human element. I think, Jen, you said it perfectly, that it, it, the greatest uh, use of AI technology is there when it's subtle. It shouldn't be AI for the sake of AI. It's, it's just a technology innovation that should be used to accomplish a goal. And it sounds like you guys are doing a great job with that. So we're out of time today, Jen. If people want to learn more about uh, what Field Guide is doing, what where would you send them? Yeah, well, first of all, Jason, David, thanks so much for having uh, Field Guide and myself. Um, you know, we are just starting to get out in the market. 
Um, so very excited to meet more and more thought leaders like yourselves. Um, for those in your audience who want to check us out, please uh, go visit our website at fieldguide.io uh, to learn more and request a demo. Uh, we have uh, really beautiful software, amazing people to interact with. Um, so you know, fill your request for a demo. We'd love to show you around. Uh, we will also be uh, at the upcoming Alineo Global Summit. Uh, as well as the Global Forum uh, in uh, Las Vegas this November. Uh, we'll also be at Digital CPA and IT Alliance conferences in December uh, in Austin. Uh, we'd love to meet any ambitious practitioners really looking to invest in innovation uh, for their risk and compliance services. Uh, and yeah, we'd love to meet you. Thanks so much. Jen, it's been a great pleasure having you on the show. Thank you for coming and joining us and, and teaching us a few things about this space. Uh, and as always, Mr. Bergstein, uh, great seeing you, hearing from you. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll end it on that. Until next time, everybody, thanks for joining. Thanks for listening. Please follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star review. If you want to learn more about any of the topics discussed on the show, visit intuitaccountants.com forward slash podcast. Account Trends is produced and edited by Luke Johnston. Copyright Intuit 2022.